You know, as we, uh, as we take time to observe what God can do through people of different ages, the enemy always wants to put us on a guilt trip because we haven't done what somebody else has done. But can I tell you this morning, uh, Jesus never puts you on a guilt trip, but he allows us to be challenged with the ability that he will do for us what nobody else can do. And he wants to enable us each day to be a follower of him. He's not asking you to be like somebody else. He just, as he spoke in the days that he walked the shores of Galilee, he said, take up a cross and follow me. And so, and here's what he says he'll do through our lives. I will make you fishers of men. Isn't that great? It's awesome. It's an awesome privilege to be here this morning. If you're a visitor this morning, uh, I want you to know you're only a visitor one time. We see some people. It's been a while since you've been here. Welcome home. And we're glad to have you today. And our prayer is this morning that God will just touch you right where you're at, minister to your needs, and encourage you when you leave. You'll be able to say, man, I'm sure glad I went to God's house this morning. I left feeling better than I did when I came. Everybody had a good Christmas? Everybody ready for a new year? Well, that's a a few of you. The years come and go, and uh, it's awesome to still be here, and in all of our ways, we're here to acknowledge the Lord. I was thinking about some things that have happened this past year and the blessings that the Lord has allowed us to enjoy and the people that we've got to meet, and the people that have came and gone in our life. And every year about this time, I begin to think about those that have had a great part in my life, those that have been there to encourage me, those that have been there to sustain me. And, and I've met just a, 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 an awesome group of people today. Uh, I've met this past year that have graduated and gone home to be with the Lord. One in particular that we uh, celebrated his home going here in the church just a few days ago and uh, the building was packed there was a few standing and I, I picked up on uh, a gift that he had as he, you would spend time with him he would always put you a lo- in a little better condition than you knew you really were and he would always say some things about you that you wanted to happen and when you left his company, he was always giving, he always left this impression on me. I want, to, I want to live up to what he thinks that I am. I want to be the kind of person that he sees. And, and very, you know, you don't cross people's life like this very often, but he was just one of those special guys. When you saw him, he was going to have all the things he was going to have to say was going to be positive, but he would always just put you a little higher than where you knew you stood, and he was always encouraging you because he was reflecting upon your life through the goodness of God. And as Jared has said, this, this year we are, are highlighting, we're going to be highlighting something that we want God to do in everybody's life. We've heard good preaching. We've heard good singing. We've heard the goodness of God, His mercy that endures forever. But we're in agreement today that this year we want God, we want you to have an encounter with the Lord. It's one thing to hear about the goodness of God. It's another thing to have an encounter with the goodness of God. And I believe this this is going to be a year for the church like we've never had. And as we set our goals this morning or as we share the thoughts that we are receiving for the, for, from the Holy Spirit for this day, 
uh, and for this year. I believe this is going to be a year that we will be preaching, we'll be teaching, we'll be applying the Word of God to all of our lives, and we'll, we, we just want to make a dedication to you this morning. We're going to preach the Word like we've never preached it before. And the Bible says His Word never returns void. So there's great expectation in our life. Not only is He going to do it for you, but while we are uh, relating to you, He's going to do something inside of us too. Isn't that great? Because we're all work in progress, and nobody has reached the pinnacle of perfection, only the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to reflect upon something this morning that I think that will be uh, encouraging to all of us, and, and we're going to be looking at the life of of, of some, a family that had an encounter with the Lord. Uh, and before we do, I, was, uh, I had picked up an illustration that I wanted to use, and for some reason I got it mixed up with my notes and my message. Ever, anybody had an interesting week this week? I had studied and put my notes together throughout the week, and I came on Friday thinking, I'm going to run this through the computer. I always do so I can read my writing. Uh, the computer always does a better job of writing than I do. And so I ran up here. I haven't had a computer at the house for about six months that I could do this with. So I ran up here plenty of time. And uh, and about 5.30, I got everything ready, and I started. I had my notes all typed, and I was ready to print it and go home. And the first sheet that came out of the printer uh, showed me that there was no ink in the printer. I looked, I thought, I thought frantically, there's another cartridge here. I've, I found another cartridge, but it just happened to be 20, and I needed 21 and 22. So there's one thing to do. Uh, either try to read my writing that I can't read after it gets cold, or go to Walmart and get uh, uh, a couple of ink cartridges. So I left, I went to Walmart and picked up some ink cartridges, came back, slapped them in. I thought, boy, I'm going to be through. I'm going to get home before the news comes on. And I, I pushed print, and it wouldn't do anything. So I, I pushed it again, and I went through. I, I did everything I knew to do, and, and about 10.30, I finally gave up. Uh, it wasn't going to print. So I went home. Uh, I don't mind telling you, I was disgusted. <laughs> Electronics is good when it works. Yep. But, you know, you get down to the nitty-gritty, and you need that to perform, and it doesn't, it gets, you just get hacked off, don't you? I mean, I did. So I went home, and the Lord was so good to me, I didn't, I didn't hyperventilate. Uh, Sherry didn't have to correct me. I just went home, and I just didn't say much. So the next morning, I texted Jerry, and I said, uh, text me when you're going to the church. I need some help. So uh, we met here about the same time. He sat down. I told him my troubles. He sat down, and he, I if you ever have a breakdown, uh, call him. He, he can fix anything. Amen. And, uh, and about an hour later, I said, uh, you know, uh, we're not going to waste any more time. I'll just rewrite the notes to where I can read them. And he said, well, for the last thing that I'm going to do, uh, I'm just going to turn the computer off and turn it back on and see what happens. <laughs> he turned it off. It rebooted. And my memory took me back about a year ago when Carolyn and I had had the same problem. My forgetter had forgot it. That computer came back on. The printer started printing. And I have a fresh set of notes today. <laughs> so what, I say that to say this. Maybe you don't need to be rebo rebooted this morning. 
But your pastor now and then needs to be rebooted, and, and, and I'm just praying that this year is a, is a year that we'll just reboot and allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do in all of our lives. How's that? How's that? A boy was in the supermarket with his mother, and he's asked his mother for some chocolate chip cookies. And Mommy, he said, uh, I, I need some chocolate chip cookies. And Mom said, we're in a hurry. I don't have any extra money. No chocolate cookies today. And as they continued shopping, the little boy said, But Mom, I want some chocolate chip cookies. He got much louder. She said, No chocolate chip cookies today. Mama, please, won't you buy me some chocolate chip cookies? She said, Boy, you're getting on my nerves. And I told you, you're not getting any chocolate chip cookies today. And she continued to shop. Mama, I'm begging you for some chocolate chip cookies. You're about to get in trouble, son. I told you you're not getting any, any chocolate chip cookies today. If you ask me again, I'm going to punish you. She got to the check stand, and while waiting, the little boy stood up in her shopping cart, and he clasped his hands, and he looked up to heaven and said, Jesus, my mommy won't buy me any chocolate chip cookies, but you told me to pray about anything, and I'm asking you to make a way for me to have some chocolate chip cookies because my mama's not going to give me any cookies. The people in the line started whispering, why don't she give that boy some chocolate chip cookies? His mother got so embarrassed, she went, and she didn't get one package. She got two packages of chocolate chip cookies. She came back, put them in the cart, and he said, thank you, Jesus. And then I thought, I've met a few discouraged Christians the past few days. Things aren't going their way. And through their testimony, and they're not being present here today, they're in that checkout line, and they're ready to check out on God. They're ready to check out on church, or they're ready to check in out on their faith. But we must not forget we must always look up and call upon Jesus because in Jeremiah 33 and 3, he said, if you'll call on me, I'll answer you. And I know it's not about chocolate chip cookies, but the Bible says if you'll ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be open. And we must tell him today that we are depending upon the Lord. We're relying on him to come through and not check out yet. Just give him one more chance. Would you do that? Let's pray. Father. I need your help this morning. My heart's desire today that is that this year will be a phenomenal year for every individual who's here this morning. For this whole community, Lord, that needs your help and your strength. And we all need your help and your strength. And today, as we reflect upon the encounters of what happens when you show up, Lord, may this be a message that will come from the heart this morning and may it challenge each one of us to realize where we are with you and what you're about to do in our lives if we'll just open the door and allow you to show up. We give all the praise to you for the goodness of God and your mercy that endures forever. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's family said, amen. I'd like to talk to you for a few moments. Uh, there's three things I want to begin with today. 
And as I turn to the book of Genesis, I want to talk to you about the boundaries that God sets for the world as he created the world and he put it in place. In Genesis chapter 1, it said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord showed up and hovered over the face of the waters, and then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. God still sets perimeters. He, he said, let there be, and the, the oceans were divided with the land. And he set boundaries throughout the pages of, his, of the Bible as we, he created heavens. And then he created man, and then he gave us boundaries. And some boundaries we're going to share this morning are the things that are founded in God's Word. But the one I want to leave with you this morning is, number one, the, God that, God, the boundary that God has set for us is this. No matter where we are at, no matter what we've done, this is the boundary that God gives. As far as the east is from the west, I'll forgive you of your sins if you'll ask me to. That's a boundary. How about order? God created divine order in the very beginning, and he, and he gave order so that people could have a pattern to follow. And he, he created us in his image, and he gave us an opportunity. And then in, in John, in John ch chapter 14 and 12 of the Gospels, he said, all these things you've seen me do, well, I'm going to impart to you the power. These things that you've seen me do, you'll do an even greater because I go unto the Father. And the order of God for the church of Jesus Christ today and those that are looking our way today, the order is the steps of good people are ordered by the Lord. I want you to repeat this with me. The steps that I take are ordered by the Lord. Oh, come on. I want you to preach this message with me this morning. We're going to have a good time. The steps that I take are ordered by the Lord. That's the order. That, the boundary is as far as the east is from the west. He wants to forgive us of everything we've ever done. And, and the order that he gives us, the steps of good people are ordered by the Lord. And number three, he gives us structure. And I read the structure in the beginning, how God created. He created everything that we enjoyed. Even in, and we get down to verse 26 of, of Genesis chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. I want you to say this with me. I'm created in the image of God. I want you to say it again. I'm created in the image of God. How many know you are? How many don't feel like it? Good. Only one hand. All right. So as we launch the message this morning, when God set things in order, we will see through the message this morning that today it's best that we just leave alone what God has set in order. Don't mess with what God sets in order. God made no mistake about creation. He created male and female, and he made no mistake about it. He still gives humanity the choice to make certain choices in the journey, but don't mess with God's order. Don't mess with what God has set in order. The Creator set things in order because the Creator owns it. If you own something, do you think you're in charge of it? Usually. Usually. If we buy a house, we think that belongs to us, don't we? If we buy an automobile, if we buy a, a, a suit of clothes or a new shirt, we own that, don't we? Sure we do. The Creator set in order uh, the whole creation because He owns it. 
The earth was without form and void when the Spirit of God shows up. And that voice began to speak, setting the world in order. And the first thing that God set again is the boundaries. And today, may I just take a moment to reflect, today is a sad day in America because man has decided that God's boundaries are no good and they're destroying God's boundaries through politics. Man wants to decide gender. We can no longer allow God to decide whether a baby will be a male or a female. We can no longer have prayer and Bible reading in school. The world no longer wants law and order in America. America has the voice that says if it feels good, America says do it. There's no absolute right. There's no absolute wrong. However, the church is still supposed to recognize the boundaries that God has set. And the testament of the church today is supposed to recognize that right is right and wrong is wrong. When there's no form and when there's no boundaries, when there's no order, no structure, then truthfulness is destroyed and productivity dies. And when productivity dies, you just continue to spin around in nothing but confusion. Can I hear an amen? Yes. America is spinning around in confusion this morning. Like a rocking chair, it's making movement, but it's going nowhere. We live in a nation that is deteriorating rapidly. One political party is pointing their finger at another, and the other party is pointing their finger at the other. And the opposing parties are blaming the opposing party for all the problems. And may I say, at the, at the taxpayer's expense, we're paying for all that hullabaloo. And that someday... May I say, we'll have a payday. The nation that forgets God has consequences, and they're recorded in the Bible. That day, someday, could be very close at hand. One party's gossiping about the other. Can I say this? I need all the energy I have to run my own business. And on top of that, the Bible says this, and you're going to enjoy this point. Let a man examine himself. Take a deep breath. You, did you enjoy that? In the Old Testament, there was a man by the name Moses who had been raised in a palace by Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh had put a, a decree. Any male child that was born two years and under would be put to death. Moses happened to show up in that time frame, and so his mother took him down and hid him. And, and, his, and Pharaoh's daughter found him. And so she takes him to the palace. Little does she knows, but she's going to hire Pharaoh's mom to take care of him, or his sister. And so we, we look at these scriptures today as we highlight the, the, the life that Moses got started with. And Moses today is raised up in a palace, but when he became the age, the age of accountability, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, claiming and relying upon the walk of God that he knew rather than to and enjoy the afflictions of the righteous than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. That's Moses. I want to follow the life of Moses, and I want to, follow some things that happened in his life. Moses became an adult. He left the palace. He got himself in trouble. He killed an Egyptian. And he spent 40 years away from his family on the run from the law. And now he's back. He has a sister named Miriam, and she thinks that Moses is out of touch with culture when he returns home for the first family reunion. Miriam wants to reap the culture that is pure, but the woman that Moses is in love with is not what Miriam, his sister, had in mind. 
it's not what she had in mind. She had plans for her brother Moses, but Moses has, has literally messed it all up. Moses has married an Ethiopian, Ethiopian lady, and when you do the study on that, she was a Cushite, and Cushite in Hebrew means black. Moses doesn't say anything when Miriam begins to get on her horse and ride him about how he's disgraced their family. He's did the wrong thing. He should have known better than that. And to bring a Cushite woman home for the first reunion is intolerable. She rains on Moses in a horrible way. But Moses has the courage to speak to kings. He had spoken to Pharaoh. He had spoken to magicians, but he was helpless, and he shoved away from the table, and he refused to retaliate with his sister. Moses doesn't say anything back to Miriam. His sister, even when she was out of order, had some harsh things to say to her. But I want to show you in Numbers chapter 12, God is looking on. He's an unseen guest at the house when all of this is coming, coming to order. And when he hears Miriam come against her brother because he's married a black girl, here's what the Lord said. Suddenly, in, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 4, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward and he said, hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. And if I speak to him in a dream, he dreams, but not so with Moses. Uh, he, is a, he is faithful to my house. I speak to him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak to my servant, against my servant Moses? What he's actually doing in a Bible way, he's rebuking Miriam for coming against Moses. Have you ever been in a place in life where you just didn't measure up? Have you ever been in a place where people just didn't like what you did? I'm talking about family now. I don't look across the car gates. I'm just talking about your own family. Have you ever drove in in a new car and there's the men's out in the yard, some of them are smoking, the others just talking, and, they, and you drive up in a brand new uh, Cadillac and the whisper said, have you read the latest data on what the new Cadillac's having? They're having issues with that car. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking about family now. This probably doesn't attain to you. Uh, it, it, just, uh, it, it just happened in my circle, so you can enjoy the story, all right? There's just times when we just do everything we can, and we just think we're really doing good. Do we go home to a family reunion and then... Moses could have said a lot of things to Miriam, but he didn't. And when he didn't, God showed up. There are some battles that I've won because God came down. And there's some battles that I've lost because I refuse to give God time to come down. And maybe you're here today and you don't have a job or you didn't have a job, but God came down. Philippians 4.19 became a reality. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Maybe you didn't have any money, but God showed up. Maybe your marriage was in trouble and God came down and restored. Maybe your family became dysfunctional, but God 
came down. Maybe your ministry was in trouble, but God showed up. Maybe the doctor has given you a bad report, but God came down. Maybe you were on the verge of a nervous breakdown when God showed up. Everyone in this building today has a success story. Every Christian, if you've been following the Lord for any amount of time, you look back and you can say, there was nothing else I could do. All hope was gone, but God came down. That's why I have a praise in my heart this morning. And that's why I have a song in my heart, because I once was lost, but now I'm found. It was blind, but now I see. I should have spoke up. Or Moses had these thoughts. I should have spoke up. I should have taken up for Miriam, but I just, I just, I wanted to give her a piece of my mind, but something just glued my lips together, and I kept my mouth shut up, and God showed up. What happened when Moses kept his peace? It made God angry at his sister. Verse 9, I read to you, the anger of the Lord was aroused against them, and then he departed from them. This is what happened when God departed from them. Miriam's skin turned to leprosy, and Aaron looked at her and said, Moses, we don't want anything to do with this. We're sorry. We should never have said what we said. We should never have thought what we thought. We just don't want any part of this. God didn't announce to Moses' sister what he was going to do. But one thing we do have to realize that Miriam brought this on herself with the words that she had spoken. Well, you know, did, after all, let's just look at let's just look at Moses' track record, and, and you just go back to the book of Exodus, chapter one or two, and and Moses saw an Egyptian beating up on a Hebrew, and he killed that man. So he's labeled as a murderer, and then he because a couple of Hebrews saw him do that, he ran. For 40 years, he was on the backside of the desert taking care of his father-in-law's sheep because he was running for the law. He's done all of this, and then here God is standing up for him. And when his sister, who's never killed anybody, she hadn't had to run for her life, but she hadn't learned to control her mouth. What happens? God says, my blessings is upon Moses, but let me tell you something. You angered me when you, when you criticized him for marrying the love of his life. I don't care what color she was. And when God departed, Miriam's skin began to turn white like a leper does. And Miriam started losing stuff because of what she said. What is this, she said. How come this is all happening to me? This is a fruit of what happens when we allow our tongue to damage and destroy other people. God doesn't approve of gossip because he has the ability to kill us. All he has to do is shut off our breath and it's over. In him we live, move, and have our being, and apart from him we're absolutely nothing. God doesn't listen to gossip because his mission was to come to seek and to save that which was lost. The fruit of the result of gossip is those people that begin to lose touch with. Just like Miriam, 
skin began to fall off of her fingers and she began to lose touch with reality. At night in those days, the rats would move into the infested area of the leper colony and it's said in history books that the... the I think there's a spirit in here this morning. That rats would literally chew the flesh off of their fingers and their toes because they had no feeling. What happened? Miriam, Moses' sister, she lost the power of God when he departed. The, the presence of God left there after he told them how angry he was for how she had welcomed Moses back home. The ability to resist uh, was gone, and deterioration of her life began to follow because the words that we speak, the Bible says, are, are powerful. Power, the life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Let me ask you, has anybody besides me ever got indigestion when you had to eat your own words? Yuck! No, God doesn't do this to us. We can't blame God for the things that follow after we have disobeyed. We must take ownership for the things that we're doing. And as I give you the scripture in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. And even though we know it's there, there's days when I have violated that. This is the only disease where you usually don't hear the word of God healed. Uh, and that's around the word leprosy. Notice what happens. He cleanses. He cleanses those that have leprosy. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed the sick. But he cleansed the leper. The question is, if, if the things that were meant to be mine are falling off, will I ever get them back? During that dilemma, Miriam and Aaron spent time rehashing what they said, wishing they could retake, retake the word, wishing they'd never, never found fault with Moses, wishing they'd never had the thoughts they had toward Moses' wife, wishing they'd never recognized that she was a different color, and really knowing that they had lost touch with God because the Scripture says God departed. He came in a cloud, but he left, and they knew when the cloud left. Then there's a time of processing. We all have this time when we go through and we process what we've done. We wish we'd give a thousand dollars. We'd give a million dollars sometimes if we could just retract what we'd done and where we'd been. And then we begin to meditate. Will I ever regain what I lost? And what we lost sometimes is connected to what we've said. What I failed to respect. What I failed to, forgot to honor. And, and moving into this area. In Exodus chapter 20 verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. No matter whether you've had good parents or no matter whether your parents weren't so good. Doesn't matter if they were on drugs. Doesn't matter if mom was a prostitute. If you honor them you're going to live longer. And the religion would say, how can this be? Because the Word says it. Please hear me. Don't let your unforgiveness hinder you. Don't allow some things to begin to fall through your fingers today that fell through Miriam's fingers because of what she said. Don't let your future today be destroyed today 
because there's a greater disease and leprosy that the enemy comes and he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Be careful if you've lost your feelings for mom and dad, your daughter, your son, maybe your wife, maybe an in-law, maybe an outlaw. That's a sign that also shows up the beginning of the stages of leprosy when they begin to lose touch. Please hear me today. I want coming to church to be more than you just being here. I want you, when you walk into God's house, I want you to come with an expectation. He's going to bless you. He's going to encourage you. He's going to increase your blessings. He's going to bestow upon you blessings that you can't get anywhere else. Coming to church isn't just associating with good people. And man, I want to tell you, we've got some awesome people that come to this church. But let me tell you, the most awesome person that shows up is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Listen, don't come to a church. Don't go to a church because John Doe goes there and he's a very prestigious person. Go because you need to go. Go because your needs are being met. No, because you're hearing the truth about the blessings of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow. Go because you know that your Redeemer died. He rose again. He's at the right hand of the Father and he wants to be your best friend. We live in a world today, we've lost our boundaries, we've lost our sense of balance. But listen, the church hasn't. Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And even though all hope may seem to be, be falling through the cracks of politics, let me tell you this, God never intended for politics to run the world. He intended for the church to do it. This thought came up in our Sunday school class this morning. We would never, never, ever need welfare if the church had done their part in the beginning. It's getting real quiet, but it's true. God calls us to minister to the widows and the orphans. This church does that we, on a monthly basis. And many of the kids that ride those buses that you awesome drivers bring in, you're, you're bringing in orphans. You're bringing in some of the kids that don't even know who their mom and dad is. You're bringing in kids. We're touching their lives. They're feeding a, a great meal. There's cooks are here ready to feed them. Uh, the teachers are here to tell them how precious they are in the eyes of God. Listen. God wants you to know that if you're a part of the church, get involved and help it be a better place than it was when you showed up. Because his blessings are overshadowing. He wants the church to rise in triumph. And I believe we're going to see things like we've never seen before this year. You know why? Because the world is waxing worse and worse. Just yesterday on Fox News, it gave the millions of dollars of your tax money that's being sent overseas to perform abortions. Not to count the millions of abortions that are taking place in America. Your tax dollars at work. Listen, let me ask you something. And even babies that, if they were born, would be, be normal and they're selling body parts it stinks in the nostrils of God. Let me say this. God will not bless forever. Time is running out. And one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Yes. Hear me right this morning. I'm sure that Miriam said, will I ever get my feeling back? Ten lepers heard that Jesus was in town. And they came over where he was and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy upon us. So when he saw them, he said this, Go show yourself to the priest. And so it was, as they went, they were healed. The way to get from where we're at to where we need to go is leave. 
You don't like where you're at this morning? Leave. Get started. Get started. Well, I don't know where to go. I can tell you the first thing we need to go, we need to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need because he's a present help in time of need. Oh, I know his, I, I know his timing and mine isn't always in sync. But I've noticed he's never been late. Right. One question that I've, I've entertained, and I know it's not a spiritual thought, but one question, if I could remember, and I probably won't, is when I get there, is this. Lord, why did you wait till 1159 to answer some things that I was believing you for? There'll be so many, so many voices singing and shouting on the hills of glory, streets of gold, and the presence of God that we'll never think back. It'll be an awesome experience like I had never seen or ear heard. So, as those ten went, they were cleansed as they went. And when they got to the priest, they could see they weren't going back to the old leper colony where they had to separate themselves from humanity. They had to separate themselves from their family, their friends. They had to be living in a colony where other people had leprosy. They went because they needed to be healed. They needed to be set free. They needed to be made whole. And Jesus simply said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, while they were walking, they were healed. They were healed as they went. As they showed themselves to the priest, he said, be cleansed. And then here's the awesome, awesome results of ten lepers that have been healed. They've been set free. They, they're, they're being reunited with society. More than society, they're being reunited with their family. Right. People that they hadn't been able to hug and love on and sit at a table and eat for years. Ten of them went. But one, only one, turned back to say, thank you, Lord. Right. He fell down and worshiped the Lord. One out of this many had a song of praise in his heart. And the moral today of this message is, is this. As we look back upon the year of 2018, it's been a great year. We, we've seen God do some awesome things. We see some, some things happen in the youth department and the young people's lives like we've never seen before and we've been able to see some things advance in the church because of you because of your willingness to get involved because of your willingness to give because your willingness to bless this church and pray with it pray for it but can I say this this is what God wants us to recognize out of 10 lepers one returned to say thank you. This morning at the close of the service, and we're, we're coming to a close, we're going to close with communion today. But as we come this morning, as you walk the aisles to come forward and our elders prepare to serve you today, I want you, as you leave where you're at, I want you to walk forward saying, I want to thank you, Jesus, for all you've done this past year. I have helped. 
I have strength. I have a job or I have a duty. I have a responsibility. I have a family that I love. I have things that have happened this year that I want to give you thanks for. And as you come, let the Holy Spirit minister to you and allow a spirit of thanksgiving to flow. Here's what I prophesy for this coming year. I prophesy that God will restore to people that will just turn loose of the hurts, for, turn loose of the forgiveness, turn loose of the hard, hard things that have made your heart hard toward people. If you'll just be willing to step up this morning and say, I'm going to leave that all in a pew, and I'm going to come forward this morning, and I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor what Jesus has done for me at the, on the cross of Calvary. And if you'll do that, if you'll do that, I, here's what God will do in return for you this coming year. He'll restore everything that the canker worm has destroyed. Well, I want you to stand. We have some music, and, and as you prepare to come forward for communion, I'm going to talk to you as you walk the aisle this morning. You don't have to be a member of this church. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ or you want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, as you come down that aisle this morning, I want you just to say in your spirit, Lord, forgive me for not being a follower of you. I want to, from this day forward, I want to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you come this morning, I want to encourage you to do something for yourself. Something happened just a few weeks ago that brought tears to my eyes. We had gone to Gore Plaza we'd ordered our food I'd gone back to the soft fountain drink to refill my cup and I met a person that I knew had had me on the uh, list for for many years and I glanced and I saw this person coming and but the light was in my eye and I, I wasn't for sure it was the person that I thought so I, I returned to the booth where we were sitting and I set my drink on the table and I turned around and there this person was. Yeah. There, there, there had been some really rough years gone by. But, but when I turned around to face this person, this person threw their arms around me and pulled me to them. And there was something happened in my spirit that day that just let me know that there was nothing impossible that God could do. This person had been very hard. This person has said some very detrimental things in the years. And, and there were times when I just wanted to, I just wanted to defend myself, but I knew that God could take care of things better than I could take care of them. That re reuniting of that relationship was worth more than the world could ever offer. And I left there knowing that God wants to fight our battles today. He wants you to know that he's going to take care of you in every situation. And here's what he wants me to tell you. If you'll just acknowledge him, Lord, I need help. I don't know what to do. I don't know which way to turn or what to do. But I'm going to leave where I'm at this morning. And I came down to be a part of communion. And as I take communion this morning, you said to Jeremiah, if you'll call on me, I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things you know nothing about. Maybe you don't know which way to turn. Maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you don't know what to say. But I can tell you one thing. If you'll allow the Lord to be first place in your life, not only will he reveal to you a plan, but he'll develop a plan for you. Not only will he develop a plan for you, but he will help you obtain the goals and the visions that you have for your own life. Jared is coming this morning to 
take the communion part, but I impart this with you today. Let this be a moment that when you would encounter the Holy Spirit. Let him say something to you as you hold the emblems today that we're about to partake of. Ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what, is, what is it in my life that you want to do? Lord, where do I go from here? Give me strength to know where to go and when I get there, what to do. He said, if in all your ways you'll acknowledge me, I'll direct your path. And God wants that place in all of our hearts today.